He is greater. He is our high priest. He is our great high priest. Come before him with boldness and confidence. Come before him on your knees and watch God rock your world. Amen. Well, it's great to be here with you and great to be worshiping with you, whether you're joining us live stream online or here in person. Man, we are here to make much of Jesus Christ. We're in the middle of a next series here called Greater, Jesus My High Priest. And we're walking through the book of Hebrews. In fact, the tagline across all of Hebrews is the word greater. Jesus Christ, he is awesome. And the author of Hebrews was making it clear to uh, so many Jewish uh, readers early on there that had come to trust in Christ that Jesus has it in hand. He is greater. We talked about Jesus being the son of God. Like he is great. He is creator. He is over everything. That was the whole first series. And now we're in Jesus, my high priest. He is mediator. He steps between man and God. He provides for us. He covers sin for us. He is our hope. He has tasted of weakness and he cares along the way. We have Jesus Christ in our lives. And because of that, we can truly worship and praise. He is greater. Everybody just say, he is greater. And that's the tagline that we're going after. That's pulled right out of the middle of this book, and it's pasted all over it. Jesus Christ is greater. So as we dive in today, turn with me, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 5, starting in verse 11, and we're going to learn about Jesus being our eternal foundation, our eternal foundation. Last week was his being our eternal salvation and the hope of salvation that we have in him. Now he's our eternal foundation, like the hope of that salvation in him, yes, and then building on that so much more. It is more than just putting a foundation in place. It's the building that goes on top of as well. And Jesus Christ, he is our hope in that regard. So as we get going, like how do we respond to a God who is our eternal foundation? Point number one, feed on the word of God and practice discerning good from evil. Feed on the word of God and practice discerning good from evil. Making sure that we walk with our king, that we understand our king, and we take steps with him, digging into his word along the way. He says, about this we have much to say, starting in verse 11. About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. He says, about this, we have much to say. This is sort of a transition statement coming off of last week, all of the beginning of chapter five, where it was talking about Jesus as high priest, him stepping in on behalf of him, experiencing weakness for us, him being able to cover our sin, and then ultimately him being from the order of Melchizedek, not the order of Aaron, like he's not just a human priest, he's a divine priest. The order of Melchizedek, remember that guy Melchizedek, his name just is that person that Abraham went to. He's somebody more important over all of Israel. And so uh, really just saying he's divine in this priesthood. And uh, this unique, special expression of the greatness of Jesus Christ. And he's like, about this we have much to say. In fact, there's going to be a lot more that he says coming up, even about the Melchizedek statement and some more of what it means for Jesus to be high priest. And that'll come up over the next couple of weeks. But he's beginning to make a transition here. 
He says, about this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Now, this is the author of Hebrews beginning to give us a little bit of insight about some of what was going on and why he wrote the book. What were the needs that were going on? What was being said? And he's like, let's just make this clear. I'd love to explain some more to you, but you're a little dull of hearing. Like you're not quite getting it. You're not listening as I'm speaking, and then you're not moving through and progressing along with it. You're tending to hear words, but you're not responding to what you're hearing. It doesn't seem to be taking any effect. He says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again. He's like, look, man, there's a privilege that we have of being able to embrace what's going on in Christ. And as we study the word, as we hear from him, as the Holy Spirit moves in our lives, the reality is he starts to do something in us. And as we move from whatever little basic elements we've heard about Jesus as our Savior and our King, about him dying on the cross and rising again, the gospel basics, as we grasp some of those, we're able to then take steps forward where we begin to live according to that where we begin to respond to our God based on what we now know. And it shapes and changes our walk. And we make some progress. And in the progress, we start digging in more. And now we're like, God, show me more in your word. I love this. And as he starts to reveal even more than that, it shapes and changes our soul. And the Holy Spirit does a work. And we grow again. And the Holy Spirit doing this changing work in us. It is about progress along a way. And after a while, you've gotten to a point where you've learned all of these details, many things going on with your God. You're able to worship better. You've made progress along the way. He's changed your heart. Sin can be set aside some as God is doing a miracle work. Man, it gets easy to go back to some of these beginning things and be able to explain them now, where before you were dumbfounded and like, I'm not even sure what it means. And now you're like, I totally get it. I've grown through it. I've learned a ton. And then we have a privilege to be able to help others. Discipleship is a big deal. Coming alongside of others is a huge deal. It's a big part of what our impact groups are about. And being able to spend time with each other and grow together and help people wherever they're at on the journey. And he's like, just so you know, uh, you've heard these details, but you seem to become dull of hearing. Like you heard them, and instead of progressing forward with fire and passion and seeing God change you, you just sort of faded off. And then you came back in and you heard it a little more and, and you heard it again and, and, and then you just sort of faded off. And you were maybe catching the repeat but weren't catching what it even meant. And have you ever talked to somebody and when you're talking to them, they're like not listening at all? And as you're talking and communicating, they're not catching it. And there's a point where they try to pick up and communicate with you like they have, but they really haven't at all. And it's completely missing. There are so many people laughing and smiling at each other right now. Like, I know this happens all over the place, right? The reality is, he's like, just so you know, I feel like I'm sharing things with you and you're not listening. Are you hearing me? We need to make some progress. We need to see God do some work here and... It's a big deal and it's a big calling for us to be listening to our God and to respond to the Holy Spirit and to grow with him. Privileges that we have where we begin to learn more and we can share then with those around us, maybe into our families with kids or whatever it might be, being able to be a teacher in and share with others. He says, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. 
You need instead to be taught them again. Like you drifted off so hard and so far, you come back and now you need the refresher course. You need to hear it again. Notice the word again. You're going to hear it several times throughout this passage. Like things are having to be repeated just to be able to keep you at a certain basic level. And that's a problem. You know, we're able to have the privilege of looking into this passage and seeing the author of the Hebrews writing to people who are having a hard time in their walk and they're fading off a little bit. And we're watching him challenge them and call them to what it should be. And, and we get the privilege of learning as we watch him work with them. But the reality is this needs to be a call into our lives too. Man, if I become dull of hearing, do I just, do I just want to fade off and I'll get back to it later? And Am I living things in sort of a distant way where it's not affecting me? I'm not progressing along the way. I'm not growing. I'm just sort of hearing and then moving on. Like, be careful. May we learn as we watch this. May we not replicate what was going on. And he's like, man, you, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. What are these oracles of God? Well, we're talking like Old Testament truths. What is it all about? Remember, that was the shadow pointing to Jesus Christ, who is the substance. He's the fulfillment of all things Old Testament. And being able to see all that was Old Testament and how Christ fulfills it, grasping what salvation is and how it was so represented in all that was going on. Like, yes, all those oracles, all those understandings, the Old Testament and New Testament grasping of the basics of Jesus Christ. And yeah, these are gospel basics, and, and they had heard them, but they're needing to have them repeated. They're missing it, and it's not affecting and impacting their life. He says, you need milk, not solid food. You need milk, not solid food. Like milk, it's this thing we can drink to gain nutrition, right? We know we give it to babies and we end up having them kind of take on milk. Now, just so we're super clear, this is not a dietary statement from the author of Hebrews to the people. He's not like, by the way, I think you should drink more milk. Like he's not talking about diet, he's talking about it in a metaphor and he's saying, hear me, you need to be careful. You need the milk of the word and we need to begin to raise you up through. Picture like an infant how they respond to the warm bottle of milk and how they enjoy drinking that. It says you need milk, not solid food. You need the easy or the simplistic understanding stuff. And please hear me, there is nothing wrong with starting with that. We do that. We don't have a child and then all of a sudden start cutting steak for them. We walk them through. We raise them up. We first feed milk and we ease up through. Absolutely appropriate. But when the word is again and again, it's super sad if it stays there, right? I mean, if you're talking to a friend and you're like, man, I would love to be able to catch a lunch with you. We should go out for some pizza. And he's like, I only drink milk. <laughs> you're like, I don't think I want to go to lunch with you, really. Maybe let's catch up some other time and we'll make it work, but not for lunch. That's a little weird. Dude, are you okay? What's wrong? Why do you only drink milk? What's going on? And right, the first thing we would ask, there's something not right in that. And there's something missing if that's all you're on. And he's like, I feel like that's where we're at, guys. You, you just, you need the basic, the, the easiest to digest. And we need to begin to progress along a path. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. 
everyone who lives on milk. Now, he's just starting into this infant statement, right? And he's beginning to make some clear statements about kind of their simplicity of life and the basics of how they're living. You're living immature. You're living as an infant. And what does that look like? It says, unskilled in the word of righteousness. Unskilled in the word of righteousness. Basically, the word of God, the truth of what God has to say, and the righteousness and the truth and what it calls us to, the actions we are called to and through, the worship we are called to, all of it. Now, please notice, it does not say you are unknowing of the word of righteousness. It says you are unskilled. Those are very different words. You've heard it. You've understood it. You've grasped it, but you're not actually processing it and moving forward. You're not executing on it, unskilled. Maybe put it this way, you could quote it, but you're not living it. Like there's a miss going on as they've heard so much, but it's not affecting them. They have knowledge, but no transformation. And so you know how when somebody's not getting it, you have to kind of go back to the basics and work your way up. And he's like, we keep having to go back and start over. And we need to be careful with it. Let's watch out. He says they're unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. And he's making it super clear. We're talking about uh, those who would need to be growing, right? And we talk about these little kids. I mean, have you ever been around a little one when they're crawling around? right? And they like bump their head. They like are going somewhere and they get all fired up about wherever they're going and they put their head down and they just start crawling real fast. And all of a sudden they bump into the edge of a table or something. They bump into something and they're horrified. They stop and they're like, this world just hurt me. And they look up at you and they get this look like, what in the world? And the next response you have is really important. Because if you look horrified, like, oh no, if you look like that, they're gone. They'll just start bawling. I knew it was bad. It felt bad. Now it's been confirmed. It's horrible, right? So if it's just a light bump of the head, there's a moment where you kind of lean in. You're like, it's okay, bud. You're all right, right? You start doing the encouragement thing. Lots of smile on the face. Lots of smile, right? We're good. And then they're like, I guess I just bumped my head. I'm cool. And then they go on and they start to move through. He's like, you're like that little one where I'm needing to lean in and every facial expression matters and how we talk about things sort of calls you along or falls down flat. Be careful. You're living as an infant. You're living as a child. Be cautious along the way. And man, make sure your expectations are set with your God in a huge way. Let's not... Uh, just kind of set our expectations of living like a little one, where we barely grasp it, we live simple, and everything is just about the basics of life. God's got something way more in store. It says, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature. Solid food is for the mature. In fact, in the original language, that word mature there just means grown up. And again, it's really a metaphor. The infant is the one who's needing the the basics of the word of God shared. And like I said, there's nothing wrong with that. If you're in a spot where you have never heard about Jesus Christ, you've never heard about sin and the covering and the cross and how Christ died for us and rose for us, the basics of the gospel, there is nothing wrong with hearing that and for the first time being blown away with the greatness of Jesus Christ. But man, may we not just camp there. May we continue to dig deep in that and grow along 
a journey. He says solid food is for the mature, and he's now using the metaphor of solid food, like the deeper things, the extended things of the gospel, right? These things that are like steak, man. It's not just for the head. It's not so you can walk around and be like, you would not believe what I know about the Bible. You want me to share something that I know that will just blow you away? It's not like some knowledge sharing thing. This is about like as you learn and know the depths of it, your worship gets fired up. As you know these truths about how God is working, you can process what's going on around you and you get a perception of what's happening and you are living for God like never before. That's what he's talking about. Having this privilege of our lives being impacted by how we walk. And the solid food is for the mature, but for those who have their powers of discernment trained to distinguish good from evil. He gives the statement of who the mature are, those who have their powers of discernment trained. Man, the grown-up is able to see good from bad. The grown-up is able to see where God is the author and where Satan is the author. Where hurt is coming down and where help and good is taking place. The mature one is the one who's able to see that God is behind this and in the middle of this. You can see the brick wall right out in front of you and you understand that you're gonna hit that at 100 miles an hour if you don't do something. Seeing an adjust that needs to take place that God might get the glory in my life might be transformed. And this is huge. The mature person grasps God's word, grows in it, Holy Spirit doing a change. It's so not us changing ourselves. Everybody say, not that. It's not us changing ourselves. It's God doing a work. And as we partner with him, he continues to give us more and more insight to discerning the good from the evil, distinguishing what's right and wrong, distinguishing what honors God versus what honors man. And this world is selling stuff right now. And I'm telling you, it's taking everything that was declared right and flipping it and making it wrong. And everything that was wrong and trying to make it right and trying to sell into your life and say, this is the new right. Please hear me. We must anchor ourselves in the word of God. We must say with absolutely complete commitment, I will dig deep in God's word. And what it says is what it is. I will not move off of it. This is what's right. And all of God's people said, amen, man. It's a huge deal. Don't miss it. The world is going to begin to tug. And they'll even use words like love. They'll even use words like hate. But caution. May we understand what God's view of right and wrong and sin and righteousness and worship and glory of God. It is not about the honoring of man. It is about the honoring of the creator of the universe. May God's word light our life on fire. May we not become dull in the hearing of his word. It's like, be careful the privilege of being mature, of eating the steak, of eating the heavy meats, is that we get to be growing in Him. You know, uh, we've had the privilege over these last months to be able to have our, our grandson over at the house on Monday. Um, it's just a nice little break after the Sunday preaches all day long and just being able to take a little break. So Everett comes over. He's now 
uh, just a little over one. And uh, he comes over to the house. He ends up taking a nap at the house, and he also has lunch with us. And then he also, we play with him for a bit, and then we get to bring him back. And Megan's doing some of her stuff with photography on the side during that time just to give her a little break. And so we have a blast just being able to play with him. It's been fun to watch him grow along the way. It's amazing. You watch, you stay with this metaphor here of the milk and the meat, just watching him kind of drink the milk and so enjoying the warm bottle of milk. And and there was a point where you actually had to transition from that bottle to a different bottle that allowed the milk to really flow so he could get a lot of it in fast. And, And then he started moving over into vegetables and he had these like warm, soft vegetables that he could eat and like some carrots or green beans or peas and he seems to really like green god bless him so he's like grabbing peas and eating them dude i could not do that but god bless him as he's going after these peas just one you know picking them up one at a time and as he's eating them he's just enjoying them and sitting with us and looking back and forth and and we're kind of laughing and talking together and it's kind of really moved almost off of milk completely with us anyway we don't do any milk now and it's just kind of the vegetables and the meats now and having little pieces of meat with it and then some fruit and so this past week we actually had the vegetables and the meat out and he was enjoying eating with us and kind of interacting and connecting with us along the way and and then it was time for the the fruit and so Jonna put some banana pieces out kind of all cut up and uh, he put a banana piece in his mouth and you could just see his face light up like these are awesome you know and so uh, he starts putting these bananas in his mouth and maybe puts a few too many in but he's enjoying along the way and and so I was like you know I'll get the other stuff out of the way so I took a napkin and I swept kind of the the peas and the green beans and the carrots and that stuff I just kind of swept them aside and left just that fruit in front of him and swept it over into a corner of his tray there and left it all piled up and he's sitting there he takes another bite of the fruit and he looks over at me. He looks at Jonna. He looks down at the pile and he goes, and pulls it back into the middle. Like, dude, don't be playing with my food. You know? And so we started cracking up and the food is now all like messed up together again. And I'm like, I wonder if that was a one-off. So I'm like, I'm going to try it again. So I, I like clean up all the food is, and just leave the fruit there. I put it all in a little pile. And this time he goes, looks at me in the eyes and goes, <laughs> leans in. Dude, don't be touching the food anymore. And then he starts eating the carrots along with the fruit. Like, I'm eating them. I'm eating them. I love this stuff. And that's what the author of Hebrews is saying. Man, lean in. Grab the meats and vegetables, pull it close, love it, want it, hold it for your own. Do not be satisfied with the simple and light. Lean in hard. May God's word rock your world. Man, it is super important that as we go after God's word, we are fired up to know more about Jesus Christ, to understand how God's working in this world, to know how he works through pain. Whatever God has to share, may he take us on a journey, growing us along the way. And all of God's people said, amen. So simple question. How are you doing at feeding on the meat of God's word? How are you doing at continuing to progress and allowing God to grow you May he get all the glory, okay? Feed on his word. Point number two, know the gospel for sure and know so much more. Know the gospel for sure and 
No, so much more. It says, therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation. We'll just hold right there. He says, therefore, and when we see the therefore, we say, now, what is that word therefore, therefore? Like, what is its purpose? It's a connecting word, and so he's connecting it back. Remember, the author of Hebrews is often saying, here is a truth, so now I'm calling you to action. Here is the truth. And so in this case, here is the truth of Jesus Christ as the great high priest. Truth that he on your behalf is covering sin. He is your hope. He stands over all truth. And that we can grow as we learn the depths of God's word. All for Christ's glory. Truth. Therefore, because of that, he says, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. Let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. Now, this word leave does not mean like let's be done with it and get away from it. It means let us build on it. And in fact, we're going to see the word foundation come up in just a little bit here. He's saying let's build on it. It's yes, we're going to move on from that. Like it's awesome, this foundation of Christ. But don't stop there. Let's build on the truths of Jesus Christ. So yes, the Old Testament basics. And yes, the New Testament fulfillment in Christ. And yes, the gospel statement of how we can be saved and what that means. Now it's time to start building superstructure on top. May God get all the glory. And uh, there is so much more than just the gospel. He says, not again laying a foundation. Like it's been laid. Notice the word again. I told you this is in there several times over. He's like, the repeat statement is a bad plan. It's not a time to build a foundation again. Imagine if you were building a house and you went out to see the progress and like the foundation is coming along. And then you show up like a couple weeks later and the foundation is done. And you're like, this is awesome. Things are moving well. And then you come back like a month later, nothing different. You're like, what's going on? And they're like, "Eh, we decided to work on the foundation a little more. Well, what was wrong with it? Nothing was wrong with it. We just thought we'd go back and, you know, do it again. What are you doing? And then it goes on more. And a year later, all you have is the foundation again. And there's no building on it. There's a point where we're like, um, you're fired. We're done. We're looking to build on this. And that's what the author of Hebrews is saying. Careful. The goal is not to just build foundation and then foundation and then foundation. I'm just telling you, there are churches that go after only teaching the gospel, simple, centric truth of Jesus to be saved in Jesus. And man, I'm telling you, there is nothing wrong with that truth. Please hear me. So awesome that we can be saved in Jesus Christ. But when you share just like a, a need, a felt need in Jesus and then gospel salvation and then back felt need and then gospel salvation, that's called the seeker church. And it's often all built on the need of the human and then how to be saved. Need and how to be saved. Need and how to be saved. And it never moves on. That's what the author's talking about here. Don't just camp and keep rebuilding the foundation. And again, nothing wrong with the gospel. You guys know we share the gospel here all the time, fired up about it. And so much more. And all of God's people said, 
Man, our job here is to be a 1 Corinthians 14 church on fire, meaning we will dig into the depths and the meat and the richness of God's word. And as God's word is getting unveiled and believers are getting fired up, the unbeliever standing next to him just goes, surely God is among us and falls on their face and hands their life over salvation. We will be clear to the gospel and we will be clear to so much more. And that's what the author's calling to here. Huge deal to go after not just the foundation, but so much more. So now he describes a little bit of what these elementary doctrines are and a little bit of what the foundation is. And uh, so I'm going to read these through in whole, and then we're going to go back and walk through them. He says, of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God and of instruction about washings and the laying on of hands, the resurrection of dead and eternal judgment. And just take a look at that list. Repentance from dead works, faith towards God, instruction about washings, laying on of hands, resurrection of dead, and eternal judgment. I got to be honest, when I first read the list, I was like, those don't seem very elemental. That seems like there's a lot of meat in these. What's going on? What am I missing? And as I really started digging in, here's kind of where I settled. I think what's happening is you're seeing the gospel described in these. So let's just walk it through. There's actually six questions being answered here, okay? And uh, one question gives one of the statements, and there's six of these statements. So the first is repentance from dead works. It's just answering the question, what's wrong? Like, like we need to admit that our, that our sin is a problem. We need to admit that our works are not good enough. Man, there is no way to achieve living in the presence of God forever in heaven, eternity, on my own works. Problem. They are dead works. They are all about me. May we not count on our works to save us, right? So repentance from that. Like, I'm not just trying to be good in order to earn my way. And man, if you're here today and your thought was, I, I, I was, my request to you is know what God's word says. It says, really, any effort we put out is not good enough. Our sin is a problem in the midst that needs to be covered. And it requires Jesus Christ dying on the cross and rising again. His work, not my work. Second piece, it says, and of faith towards God. And of faith towards God. The first was answering the question, what's wrong? The next one answers, so what saves what saves me? How can I be saved if it's not through my good works? Then what is it? What saves? And it's through faith in God. Faith alone saves. May we believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again. There is power and authority in him. May we believe he has all authority and put him absolutely in charge. The first one is admit you're a sinner. Repentance of dead works. And the second one is believe that Jesus is risen, that there is power in him. He died on the cross and rose again. He is our hope. Believe, have faith in God, confidence in the unseen. And then the next two, and of instructions about washings and the laying on of hands. Instructions of washings. It really answers this. Well, what happens if I'm saved? Well, what happens? And there's this cleansing that takes place. 
There's this purifying. Now, he uses the word washing because he's writing to Jews. And in the Old Testament, there were all kinds of washings that went on, all these ceremonial washings that took place throughout a week. And Christ fulfilled all of them, all fulfilled in Jesus Christ. But he's like, know and be aware of the cleansing that takes place. As you are saved, God is purifying your soul. You are declared holy, cleansed, pure. There is a purifying from inside. And then there's another washing or purifying that we go through as well outside, kind of this public declaration of saved, baptism, down into the death with Christ and up into new life. And these washings are a declaration of salvation. He's like, may we grasp and understand that our works don't get it done, that it's faith in God alone, believe, and that we need to understand he will do a changing, cleansing work in us. And then the next one, so then what? If I'm cleansed, I'm pure in him, what now? That's the question being answered, what now? And he says, the laying on of hands. There is a partnership with the Holy Spirit in this world as we walk side by side with God Almighty. Partnership. As you can pray to God Almighty, as you can lift up your hands and celebrate with him and watch him do a work. Laying on of hands is about praying and seeing the Spirit move. There is partnership in this world, man. It is a broken world, and we are not alone. God is right here with us. So the first question was, what's wrong? The dead works, that's what's wrong. What saves? Faith and faith alone. Jesus Christ and him risen. And then what happens? God cleanses us, covers our sin. What now? Partnership in prayer. And then the next question, so what's next? Just what, is it just in this world? This is all there is? What comes after this? What's next? Celebration that there is a resurrection from the dead. The death that we know of will be done. Jesus Christ, as he died on the cross and his perfect blood was poured out, as he rose again from the dead, know this, there is a declaration. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? There will be resurrection and life forever. Being with Jesus is not just about right here, right now. It's not just about a feel-good moment here. It is about a forever with Christ getting all the glory, a resurrection and life eternal. May God get the glory. And then the last one, well, why does any of this matter? May we recognize that there is eternal judgment. God's in charge. We do give an answer to the one who created all things, and we will stand before him. There is a judgment to come, and it does affect eternity. And that's the basics. May we admit we are a sinner. May we believe that there is power and authority in Jesus. He died for us and rose again. May we believe, and may we confess him as Lord as we interact with him, as we pray through the Holy Spirit, as we watch God do cleansing, changing work in us and take us home to life in heaven forever. The basics of the gospel. He's like, let's make this clear. The elementary statement, well, it's not easy, but it's as simple as A, B, C. Admit you're a sinner. Believe Jesus is risen. He died for you and he rose again. Believe and confess him as Lord. These six elements, just making the ABCs a little more clear for those who were Jewish coming out of an Old Testament faith and into this New Testament expression, 
He's like, yes, that, and so much more. So what are we moving on to? Well, I'll just say it this way. Romans 11 captured it when he says, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, that we could know so much more than just the little moment, just the spot. Why? Because it is so much more than just about gospel salvation. You know, when we were back in Romans preaching, there was a tagline we used for all of Romans. We said, we're not just going deep, we're going we're going gospel deep. Good job with that, by the way. Do you know that's like 2015 that goes back to? But we're not just going deep. We're going gospel deep. And like the gospel affects, yes, our salvation and all of life. We are going to see the gospel deep truth affect us. Every facet of God's wisdom and knowledge rocking our world. Let's not just go deep. Let's go gospel deep. We're going to learn how God grows us, how God comforts us how God blesses us, how God calls us to spiritual war. We do not stand on the sidelines. We are in the fight. Spiritual war. It teaches us who is God Almighty, who is Jesus Christ. Look at the book of Hebrews all over, who is Jesus and the depths of it. Man, there is massive depth for us to dive into. Lord, may I dive deep on this meat, pull it close, gnaw on it, grow in it, and be matured. May my life change for knowing your word and knowing you. May you get all the glory. Huge deal. And then he says, and this we will do if God permits. And this we will do if God permits. Now, you got to be careful. This is not what he's saying. Everybody say not. He is not saying, and some of you are going to want to grow, but God will reject you. Like, that's not what he's saying. He's like, just so we're clear, we're going to run forward and make much of God. But get this, even the desire you have given by God, he is sovereign over all. He is sovereign even over your desires, your hungers. And yes, God is a part of it. So think of it this way. God's sovereignty and man's responsibility, both together. And yes, we need to run hard after him. And yes, God is a part of waking us up and run for it. Know this, the one who is coming to Christ and celebrating, God's giving you that whole hunger in the first place. Celebrate him, passionate for it. He says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. May we run to Jesus Christ. May we celebrate God the Father and may we love what the Father is doing in our lives. May he get all the glory as we don't just sip on the milk of the basics, but we dig deep and we let God rock us from the inside out. And all of God's people said, amen, man. Let's pray.